favorite podcaster's favorite podcast, as long as you don't ask them. Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm. I am your host, Ben, alongside your host, Matt. We are the only podcast that is a brand new concept each and every week. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful today, Ben. I was emotionally exhausted by a uh, training I went to, but now, now I'm full with raw power and I'm ready to go. Are you full of raw power, SmackDown power, NXT power, or maybe Diesel power? <laughs> I'm, I'm full of 205 Live power. Today, we are going to debut a new type of podcast, which I am going to label Promo Class. And this was inspired by the WWE, who decided to release one of the most creative, unique, Uh, innovative wrestlers Mm. that has ever stepped foot into WWE. An amazing character, multiple times over, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I'm pumped for this one. Bray Wyatt was one of the few people who managed to really pull me back into wrestling. Uh, When I started watching again and paying attention to wrestling again, especially WWE, Bray's character and what he is able to do was one of the most incredible things I've seen in modern wrestling. And very sad, as we'll get to, I assume. The guy behind the character, immensely talented. We're going to see one of his best attributes on display in today's podcast as we sort of take a look at his journey throughout his WWE career. And Maybe by looking through that, we can infer at what his next steps might be in the world of wrestling before we get started today everyone i would like you all to know that it has been one week since recording and none of you people are our biggest fan apparently which means that viral is still number one also calling out indie wrestler jack cartwheel for using the photo i tagged him in on instagram and then not crediting me all right someone asked him who took the photo and he said i don't know well i know jack i know All right, Matt, are you ready? Because it's time for promo class. Oh, I'm ready. I'm so ready. Books down, students. Okay. It's time for promo class. Yes, indeed. We are in session for promo class. The only podcast where we go through the history of a wrestler's promo work. I am your host, Ben, accompanied by your fellow co-host, Matt. Man, I'm here. Uh, What I provide for the class is I take whatever promos we're looking at and take their character completely, literally, in a fantasy context. I think wrestling's cool because it's like a live-action comic book. And I'm going to take what Ben's going to break down logically completely seriously and give my story opinions on the character along the way in addition to being surprised at all the cool stuff ben talks about yeah so we're looking at a real left brain right brain type look oh yeah it's wonderful at bray wyatt bray wyatt one of the most famous wrestlers that up until last week was employed at wwe he might secretly Um, be what if it's a work ben i then that would be an extremely poor taste So Matt is going to be looking at the journey through the Bray Wyatt character, trying to connect Bray's stories that he crafts, because Bray Wyatt is one of the best storytellers and masters of character development in wrestling right now. 
And so we're going to watch through all of his promos, or at least a large selection of his promos across his career, to see how he evolves as a performer, and also how he evolves his character. So while Matt is going to be looking at his character development and analyze that within storyline, I'm going to look at how the man behind the character, how his performance changed, and if there were any outside forces which affected the direction of his character, which as we will find out is definitely yes. I, as Ben and I have talked about in the past, there's there's a point in the storytelling like through line of his character where there's like these like weird bumps that I could will try to string together to make sense as best as I can, but they really were, as Ben's gonna allude to, outside sources affecting the material. Like some of our favorite movies have been by outside sources re-editing them or causing things to be taken out. And with Super Mario Brothers. It's all pulled together. If you haven't been able to tell from all of my previous podcasts, we are both big wrestling fans, but I am like the wrestling Olympian. Yeah, Ben's Ben's the enthusiast, I'm the fan. And with that said, let's go to the beginning of Bray Wyatt's WWE career when he is called up in the second season of NXT all the way back in 2010. Matt, did you watch NXT at this time? No, I didn't know it existed. Uh, this yeah. this in this time period, what year was this again, Ben? 2010, so 11 years ago. So, so 11 years ago, I was still in high school, and I wasn't a. I never really had an opportunity to watch cable, and I didn't know like how to stream WWE. So like I really was in a complete void at the time. But I've watched some of it with you in the past, but mostly just clips of Bray Wyatt on it. So Bray Wyatt is the real-life son of Erwin Arshister, IRS. He didn't exactly fit the mold, but he was signed to WWE and would be called up onto their 2010 game show, NXT, where they would call up green rookies who really don't know what to do in the live crowd. They give them no support whatsoever because they barely scripted any of this, and then they throw them out there to fall flat on their face in front of people. And one of the people selected for this was not Bray Wyatt, but Husky Harris. My name is Husky Harris, and I'm from Brooksville, Florida. I remember being a little kid. Teacher would ask everyone, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? And when they call on me, I'd say, I am going to be in the WWE. They chuckle and laugh. Who's laughing now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> My entering style is unorthodox. My football coach in high school used to tell me I was like an army tank with a Ferrari engine. So we have early Husky Harris here, which is very generic wrestler man. He is the army tank with a Ferrari engine, which is almost a really cool nickname. Almost. But then you're like, what? What? What is? What is? What type of tank is not for the army? It's one for love. The what I think is a really good example of where his promo skills are at right now is there is an NXT rookie confessional video of all the different NXT rookies that's been posted to YouTube. I've never seen this. And you get to see the first interview of Husky Harris, who becomes Bray Wyatt, talking to himself in a room 
which, as we eventually know, becomes his signature way of doing a promo. Well, being on the bottom of the bowl is obviously not very exciting. I feel like uh, I don't understand what I've done wrong. I haven't done anything wrong. I, I started off a little shaky, but I've had three wins in a row now over great opponents. Caval, who was rated number one in the Rookie Bowl at a time. MVP, he was a former champion. And I just, uh, I don't, I don't see, I think obviously the people aren't ready to see someone like me yet. Someone, someone different that breaks the mold. And I don't, I don't really understand why. I think I could stand here and talk to y'all for an hour about what I like, what I dislike. I pretty much just can't fathom the reason why on earth am I at the bottom of the pole? I mean, what, what, what is the, what is the pole going off? Everyone, everyone just wants to vote for who they think's got the cutest body, Lucky Cannon. Come on, man. Vote for, vote for who you think's going to be a, a WWE champion someday. Vote for who you think's going to be world champion. Don't vote for who's got the prettiest face or who can entertain you like a clown and make you laugh. I mean, I don't, people just frustrate me when they don't see what I see in myself. I'm the baddest man on NXT, and I will win whether they like it or not. Wow, the gravel in his voice just naturally is incredible. Like, like he, he sounds like he's talking through coffee grounds. Listen to the lack of confidence here. You can see in his face. They've obviously not told them, like, what to talk about. He's just mm-hmm. making it up. That, that, the, end of that, the end of that promo is, is the character himself shooting on how he really feels. He just embraced the honesty there. And I think that is a good, good sign of where he's going to go. One of the things I notice is that Bray Wyatt throughout his career has a lot of crutch phrases. Oh, yeah. And you can tell that that was a way he coped through his early promo career, I think, was he found those few key catchphrases and then he sort of went from one promo to another. I think we'll see that more later. When he develops that confidence, and I do want to, I do want to say for the listeners and for Ben, that I I read a lot of fantasy and fiction, and one thing that Bray Wyatt does that a lot of very good authors who write very long series do is they have a unique narrative voice and a character voice for their main character. So Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files is a fantastic example. He has a very strong narrative voice, so there are certain phrases. And structures to the language that never really change to make you feel like that character. It's like so. Certain bands have like a very specific sound when they play, and that sounds always kind of there in the music. It's because it creates a, a cyclical image in your brain, so that when you hear that, you always think of that band or that artist or that writer. And Bray well, that's does the whole that idea excellently, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's but Bray, like a fantasy author stretches it out to the whole structure of his character and the way his story is told also sometimes he just repeats himself but well yeah that's because he has to (laughs) you're doing Uh, this many promos yeah so he had one more i would say signature promo time which is when he's eliminated from nxt Mm -hmm. and once again you can tell that he feel like he feels like he doesn't have a safety net and it's so bad because his pro for nxt Cody Rhodes is trying to do him a solid and he's oh. trying to cut a promo for him. And he's like, Oh my God. Like, like how do you guys not see the potential in this guy? This guy can be a potential champion. And then instead of going along with it, 
Husky Harris goes, no, this is my time to talk. And, and Cody's like, no, we have 20 seconds before we go off the air. I, I got to get through this. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it sort of gets back on track because Cody's like, no, let me finish. But it's so like secondhand embarrassment, oh. especially compared to where he's going to become. That's wild. Where he was Cody. Go. Cody Rhodes was right, though. He was right. He was absolutely right. So in the meantime, he's eliminated from NXT game show. He goes to their developmental territory at the time, FCW, and he becomes, as we know, Axel Mulligan. Woo! And Matt, there are no promos from Axel Mulligan. I think he only showed up once or twice on the house show circuit, but uh, check out that photo I sent you. Yeah. Hey, well, you can tell. You can tell this is him realizing that he needs to lean into something he loves, which is horror movies. Well, describe what you see. uh, I see a man in jeans that are too tight for how chubby he is and a black kind of overshirt. And he's wearing what seems like an even more generic mask than a Slipknot mask. Like a Doctor Doom mask. It's yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Doctor Doom is a good, it's a good thing. Or it's the uh, the Sid from uh, Slipknot. I definitely like the creativity he has here. You can tell he wants to have a Horror. bigger budget. Oh yeah, <laughs> than than what he has to work with. This so is the I, first indie movie we'd make. Yes, exactly. It'll be called Hallway. Then no, that's a, that's our second. Cause that's a good idea. Don't give it away. These people don't deserve that. He's written off of TV in 2011. He gets moved to the main roster, and then Randy Orton punts him and sends him back to NXT. Debuts as Axel Mulligan, and then that goes nowhere. And then in 2012, we see a very interesting promo from one Bray Wyatt. I was raised in Lafayette, Louisiana. My daddy, he's a captain of his own shrimp boat. <laughs> I hated my daddy. He was a mean old man, my daddy. This is all bore from now on. And they pulled him out of school. He didn't think I need to learn with him other kids. <laughs> but then randomly Look one at day, how strong and thick he made his accent. Caught on fire. Because it, it's caught on fire. There's a reason that his accent's so thick here, narratively. I went away for a while. <laughs> this, this is where it all starts, Ben. The character begins and everything is literal. And I started out with C-Spot Run. And then it was Clifford the Big Red Dog. And then it was the good book mostly after that. <laughs> That's important. And I learned. And I learned a lot of things. I learned how this world likes to throw away a little white trash peon like Bray Wyatt. But let me tell you something. I ain't no white trash. This is trash. so well done. This is incredible. I ain't no peon For a first promo even. I am better than you all. And I throws he in took a really generic phrase I in the middle. Oh, stumbled a bit. He fixed it. He fixed it. Alright, that's the first indication <laughs> of the word burning, too. That's important. <laughs> Come with me. Time is on my side. That's also important. It's also part of the ritual. So this is Bray Wyatt's first promo as Bray Wyatt from FCW 2012. What a world of difference. You can tell that he's really into this character. 
unlike Axel Mulligan, it's something that he can do pretty cheap since he's supposed to be like a white trash cult leader. Oh, we're gonna uh, get but there. you can tell that he's really found his voice. He still hasn't fully explored it yet, but you can tell that he realizes he's found something really cool. Heavily inspired by Waylon Mercy from the 90s, which was a really cool character. I think it was Dan Spivey who was in the role, but his body was so broken down by that point that mm-hmm. we never got past his intro promos, which were very similar to this. Okay, and so with this... This is where the story starts. We are at a narrative beginning to his character. So we get a lot of we get a lot of important characteristics here. We know that he was abandoned. We know that he was given he was given away taken out of school at a young age and killed his dad, which I think is the first indication that there is something like specifically evil and external about him because of the way he references the death. Then he was forced to teach himself to read in what we later find out is a boarding house slash hospital run by um, Sister Abigail, but she comes up later. And he started to fall in love with the story of grandeur of the good book. And I think that starts to feed into the grandeurous mental concept of the narcissist that's at the center of Bray Wyatt's actual character. Now, I think that there is a large scale ritual that goes on to make Bray Wyatt become an esoteric god. We're going to get to that, but it all started with here and it started with that with the school he's sent to and where he teaches himself to read. And I think it's important to notice that his character who later ends up having a lot of stuff to do with fire even mentions using burning as a form of rebirth and power, and I think that is an important reference to what they do with his character later. And we also I think the time and aside thing from a pure narrative literalist standpoint is him referencing that he knows that he has a long-term path to ascension and he believes it's going to happen because he believes the magic he's working with is real. And so now he has to cultivate followers, which is why he says, come with me, which is to give him power to grow. My question for you, Matt, yes, is that there's lots of satanic imagery in his promos from this point forward i i don't think that he really goes super satanic in this but it's really the next ones where he dives fully into that area it's more it's more left hand path magic than it is directly satanist in his like grand presentation i think he just uses christian iconography because he knows it'll be hot with the fans Mm. and so and and if you and if you are if you are a deity trying to cultivate power from people giving you attention and feeding your power you want to use whatever the most predominant source is and a lot of faiths there is the concept of false representation while still worshiping where you will pray to the altar of whatever the most predominant god in your area is but still send your cognitive energy toward the god you truly believe in it's all throughout uh, uh, religions through Louisiana and through the Caribbean and uh, a bunch of parts of the southern United States. Hell yeah. That's actual sociology. <laughs> From this debut promo through his laundry list of matches that follow, Bray Wyatt would debut on FCW TV. And it's really from April to July where I see a marked shift in how his promos are. I feel like this is where he really finds Bray Wyatt. Yeah, the power begins to cultivate. We In his first few promos, you see he has some well-thought-out phrases 
that are then surrounded by less well thought out sentences. It's a lot more uneven between what he's saying. He'll throw out, I am the wolf who walks among the sheep. I am an angel in the dirt. These are really cool. But then the rest of his promo is kind of like, yeah, you better listen to me. Listen to me. I'm just saying, listen to me. He hasn't quite fully fleshed it out. But then we come to the July 8th, 2012 episode of FCW. And I think we see how much he's improved in such a short period of time, too. And his opponent from Lafayette, Louisiana, weighing in at 300 pounds, Ray Wyatt. There is a pale horse on the horizon. And the rider, his name is Wyatt. <laughs> you people, you don't even know, but you are on the brink of Judgment Day, and I am the Reaper. But don't get me wrong, man. You see, I love you. I truly do. I love you. But I will not save your world, man. I want to watch it burn. Oh, so we got that fire. <laughs> I want to watch you fry. And then you, my people, I want you to take my hand and stand inside the flames with me. And then together at the end, we will rejoice as a family and we will dance on the ashes <laughs> forever. Time is on. So, Matt, as you can see with this promo, Bray Wyatt's really fully found his voice. Yep. There's no more stuttering, no more random thrown out phrases that don't mean anything. He feels fully invested and engrossed in the character, which is bizarre to me because he has another year to wait before he debuts on the main roster. We see here narratively. Like he goes off TV for a while. I understand. Yeah, I think that's. It's important for when you're cultivating magic, you got to do a lot of preparation. So I like to imagine this time he was doing all the preparation he needed to gain enough power to truly evolve. Also, from where we see him when he debuts on Raw, that probably would be the time where he would put the Wyatt family together in the Wyatt yeah. family compound. Yeah, that's who he. So the whole time he's asking people to come with him. He's not just trying to get attention from the crowd. He's trying to find disciples because he needs them to actually execute his thing. All, no magic is done without an assistant. And not only that, but Bray Wyatt does say in this promo that he's looking for a family. Yeah. So he doesn't have one here. So it does make sense that he goes off for and, a period of time. And narratively, to... he was abandoned and didn't have a father or a mother. So, so Matt, are we saying that the vast majority of the Wyatt family compound members are FCW fans. A hundred percent. This is canon now. And I love this. Bray Wyatt would eventually debut on what's would now be considered as the main modern NXT, where he would have the Wyatt family with him, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, his two most ardent followers. Yes. Rest in peace. Poor Eli Cottonwood never made it past the first vignette. And it was only a matter of time before Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family would come up to the main roster. And here is the first look that we get 
Hey, you want to say something really scary? <laughs> <laughs> he is more than human at this point. A world what a great song. The souls yeah, it's men. perfect. The music in this really helped make the character. It hovers over them like a dark cloud, and they can't do anything about it because they're just a regular, everyday working class. People like me, like me, they get down on their hands and knees and they whisper these little lies and secrets into their ears. But I have a secret of my own. Also, his theme song has lyrics now. Hooray! Yay! And what are you gonna, do? You gonna do when they decide it's time? We are the ones. When they start to walk upright. The ones you've been told about. And we are walking upright. What are you gonna do? Well, I know what you're gonna do. Run. You're gonna tell them we're coming. Run. Send us someone. Just don't send anyone you want back. Witness the new face of fear! Notice he has so many more catchphrases now. We have run, eater of worlds, yep. follow the buzzards. We're coming. Alright, walk me through this one, Matt. This is this is Bray Wyatt after he has achieved a certain level of divinity. And left-hand path magic and typically the way it was practiced, it was believed that individuals would meet secret chiefs. Um, these individuals were supposed to provide great power or secrets about reality. And Bray Wyatt specifically mentions that he has a secret now. And that's different than how he was in the prior promos. He has achieved enough of like a magical rank or power to have learned a secret of the universe. Which is why I think now, and as an, you see him start to not always look directly at the camera until he cultivates a certain amount of power. Because at this point... He has glimpsed the unimaginable and the true vastness of power. And later he's already stared it in the eyes. And that's when he starts to look at people again. So at this point, Bray Wyatt has cultivated his followers. And I believe Luke Harper says... Um, we, we are the ones you've been waiting for and we are standing upright. That one. And how do you stop something that, that has never been destroyed? Follow yeah. the buzzards. And he's he's something bigger than himself. So does Bray Wyatt think that he is Pazuzu or some other demon? Or does he think that he is still a person but with the powers of a god? He yeah, he he's seen a divine entity that ex has existed inside of him for a long time and is going to communicate with it. But he still believes at this point that he is Bray Wyatt. He is the one who is going to become a god. He hasn't, he hasn't gotten to the point where he has been stripped away from the vessel that is Bray Wyatt. Now, the only fact check I would have on you there is that shortly after Bray Wyatt debuts on the main roster, people ask about Husky Harris, and Bray Wyatt on Twitter said that Husky Harris was a vessel for Bray Wyatt. That, that is an intentional misdirection. The character of Bray Wyatt has always existed, and, and if we want to take this from a literal standpoint, before he even arrived in WWE, he, his backstory had already happened, and he was trying to be a normal person. He was pretending to be Husky Harris because he wanted people to accept him as normal, so that's why he had to let his true self out, well, not his true self, but a part of his true self out when he became Bray Wyatt because he realized that he needed to cultivate true power. Not through a false guise like John Cena. And just to clarify your stance on it, 
Do you think that Bray Wyatt fancies himself? And, and I'm, I'm, I, I just want to get more specific from the question I asked earlier. Of course. Do you think that Bray Wyatt at this point sees himself as a human that is sharing the vessel with this demon whose powers he'll be able to harness? Or is he the demon in this vessel, but he knew that he always was this demon all along? I don't think he's known all along. I think the demon had gained... Or not not that he's known all along, but that the devil inside is a part of him. I don't think he fully understands who or what the power is, but he's always known there's something dark with him after he killed his, his father. And when he ended up at the school, I think he was taught about it, but he doesn't know that it actually exerts control over him. At this point, he still believes that he controls the vessel that he is. And he doesn't necessarily think of himself as a vessel yet. He, But he knows there's something dark inside of him. But he thinks of himself in his promos. Grandly. Right. And, well, and being demonic. So he's obviously thinking in that direction. I, I think that that's more magical speak. Individuals like Aleister Crowley would refer to themselves as these like magical antichrist imagery as a way of garnering attention and controversy. It's all about being a diabolist. And one of the ways that you can achieve that is by intentionally referring to yourself in those ways to set yourself aside. And I think as his power grows in WWE, he gets more referential of that, especially when he faces John right before the Firefly Funhouse. He has at that point fully ascended. And he knows that he's a god. Interesting. I really At like this, this point, analysis he's, of He it. is still mostly mortal. But he mm-hmm. knows... He finally has proof of the magic that he was taught about as a kid. It's tactile for him now, which is why he becomes the larger-than-life cult leader that he is. Because his followers have also been shown true magic. So they are 100% devout to the divinity that is the future of Bray Wyatt's life. I really like this interpretation... What I also dig is one of the greatest debuts in wrestling history. It's the Wyatt family's debut on Monday Night Raw. This is summer of 2013. So just over, I'd say, 16 months from when he had his first Bray Wyatt promo. Could you imagine if Monday Night Raw was no longer on Mondays? Yeah, because it doesn't feel like Raw anymore. I have no followers. I have only brothers and sisters, all in the name of cause. That's so important. People are sheep. You understand me? They can't lead themselves. They need to be led. He's giving you secrets to draw you in. buy and sell fear. They worship war. They crave war. But I'm not afraid of their wars. I created war. I love that line. Yeah, me too. Created war. Just the confidence he says it with, too. Because he's not. He's insane. He like he he has seen divinity. And they do nothing about it. They only stand. This is a man who has faith in his words. I've seen it all in my dreams and in my thoughts and above everything else. I understand. This is not the beginning. It's the end. 
We're here. I will say it is sort of silly that he lights his lantern just to immediately yeah, put right? it out. That's always, I always thought that was so uh, dumb. <laughs> I, I'll, I can justify it narratively. I, if you want to, go for it. So Bray Wyatt debuts in front of a probably not quite sold out Raw audience. And except for them chanting Husky Harris at him, it is an amazing debut promo. This whole lead up is amazing where they go to the Wyatt family compound and some rogue WWE cameraman sees people bowing to tapes of Bray Wyatt telling them to obey in some rooms. Weird people appearing and disappearing people wearing the sheep mask it's so freaking creepy and what's awesome about this is that it's a natural progression from the start of his character and the energy that bray wyatt is bringing to this character you believe that he believes in this and it's so awesome to watch in his debut itself against kane in his first match it could have been better but that doesn't matter because Bray Wyatt arrived, said he was king shit. They beat the shit out of Kane, so he's right. Yep, he's yeah, he proved himself correct. And I think this is the first indication of why he started to sing Time is on my side, because he knew even then that this future was gonna come through like magical prophecy and dream. He knew that he would at one point be in front of millions and be able to absorb and start to cultivate the power from there. And this is just him going after the individuals who have proven to have power in WWE. And through his attack of them, he wishes to take some of their power. Because he needs to cultivate power through his opponents. Whether that's to intentionally lose or actually being defeated, he has to start somewhere. And Kane was his first target. I can appreciate that interpretation for what the booking eventually does to his character down the line. It's the only way. But... I love the idea that Bray Wyatt, by working his way through all of these people in the WWE locker room that stand for what he doesn't represent, that by going through all those people, he's going to build his cause and build this idea that maybe he actually is a sort of leader for the people. And the best example of what this theoretically could have been, I think, is a Bray Wyatt promo from July 19th, 2013. So this is like a week or two before he debuts. This is one of his last appearances at an NXT live event. So a very small building. But w- listen to it. This is very and important. see how invested the crowd gets to Bray Wyatt. All right, listen to the crowd here. Bray Wyatt. Amen. Preach. Peace, brother. No more. No more. Yeah. 
Is this revealing more secrets, Matt? The, the, yeah, he's through the power of revelation, he's gains power because people believe he is spreading truth. And that creates more faith in him. That's at a basis of every warship and religion. They need to feel like they are being revealed and shown something that is true about reality. And then they devote their faith to the belief in that thing and whoever gives it to them. You praise, praise Wyatt. And so, yeah, of course, some of the fans, well, all the fans really, are doing it in jest. They, they're not actually thinking Bray Wyatt's a real cult leader. Yes, they are. But the fact that Bray Wyatt is able to bring this out of people... Even on a small scale, it shows how much potential there was to run with the Bray Wyatt character. Because to this point, everything Bray Wyatt said has happened. And the fact that he uh -huh. believes in himself so much and is really selling this character, you sort of believe too. And you want to see how far he can go also. And that's the true power of left-hand path magic right there on display. True in universe and out of universe. Well, here, go go into deeper explanation of that, Matt. So, it, it, I mean, it's all about the focus and a lot of, you know, left-hand path magic focuses on the power of your will. And if you want to take a step outside of the magic, a big part of the success and the belief that comes from the practicing of that kind of ritual is that psychologically what you're doing is you're spending time introspecting deeply thinking and putting your mind on one thing and then you're through your actions and interactions with the world you assert that that will happen and in reality that's like a self-fulfilling prophecy if you believe something's going to go wrong a lot of the time your brain can make things go wrong or make you perceive them as if they did so that it feels correct now that same cognitive force can be turned to the bend of those who believe their will is powerful and believe that their will has influence on the world around them. And in this form of literalist magic, he actually is making his will strong enough to affect reality. And he is creating the path forward for himself through his ability to manipulate the world with his magical power. And it only actually works for him because he has a demonic force or a, an esoteric force, a magical force, giving him the actual power which so many of the magicians that have existed on our planet and throughout history have tried to achieve fail because they don't have access to direct true internal divinity where most other people just end up worshiping a thing giving it more power not gaining any for themselves and it's something that we will touch on way at the end of this journey when alexa bliss starts working with the fiend mm -hmm. that Bray Wyatt is the only person who could have made this character work. 100%. Because no one else believes in Bray Wyatt more than the man who puts on that hat and calls himself Bray Wyatt. Yeah, Bray, Bray Wyatt as an outside, like as a person, believed in this character. And it is beautiful. And you see him move from FCW where he has a few really good phrases but they're not really connected to each other. There's not a lot of depth 
within just a year or so, we see that he knows everything about Bray Wyatt. He is living Bray Wyatt. And it's just awesome to see someone take this level of attention for detail, which honestly, up to this point, I don't know if we had ever seen in wrestling. Because even with like The Undertaker and Kane, it was all hodgepodge together. Think of someone who believes in themselves this much for something that's so wildly off base from how they are in real life. My my real thing, Ben, is who let him? How was this strong and consistent of a na- narrative character for what it is and how long it lasted allowed to last? Is it purely the power of Bray Wyatt as both a person in the ring and outside? Was he able to magically manipulate the mind of Vince McMahon to truly achieve his power? The, the real answer is that Vince McMahon had gave no shit about FCW where he was. And I'm assuming they just didn't have anything for him. So he just had time to think of it himself. And FCW TV, like right before they tra- change into regular NXT, is pretty good. Like you have an awesome feud between then Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley and William Regal. You have uh, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose triple threat match. On FCW TV, you have Richie Steamboat, who's making waves. So I think he just thought of this idea at the right time. It's an idea that only someone with his level of creativity would think of. And then it's him completely throwing himself into it. And I'm sure starting out, he showed people like, hey, look, Waylon Mercy was a thing 17 years ago. And we really didn't get to use it. Can I do that? But then he completely makes it his own thing. And do you think that the writing and the management, because like, his writing, the the prose behind his character from this point forward is better than almost literally anything else ever written for WWE TV when it comes to pure prose. I don't know how WWE works backstage fully. I do know they have writers. If I had to guess, he would probably have, quote unquote, his writer, and he would come up with a lot of stuff, and then, you know, the writer would get it changed a bit to get approved although we will see that his vernacular does change over time Mm -hmm. the more time he spends on the main roster and you can tell that they start dialing back aspects of his character uh but we'll get to that in a second first off narrative reason for it too ben first off we are going to listen to the narrative introduction of one of the biggest figures in the life of Bray Wyatt, and that's Sister Abigail. She taught me. She taught me from a young age. She said, you gotta get them before they get you. This was his first magical teacher. The same color as the leaves, she said. (laughs) And we all understood her. She led us with love, but she told us that the fires, well, they were our friends too. Another indication of fire. And we agreed. And I was there. I was there when she took her final breath. She pulled me in close. And she said, you're the one. She said, they chose you. Long before you were ever existed. And I understood what she meant. That's completely true. Her touch could save the world, but her kiss burns it to the ground. Burn. Bit. 
down. Sister Abigail. <laughs> Bray Wyatt tells the story of Sister Abigail. It's more excellent work from him and shows how in-depth he's thought of his character. And the writing. But more importantly, Matt, tell me about the lore. So Sister Abigail is the character at the hospital that Bray, hospital or house that Bray went to after he killed his father. She's the one who taught him how to read and introduced him to the Bible. But she was truly his first magical teacher. And I believe this is the uh, an indication that gives us a potential origin to the demon or entity that is inside of Bray now. That it was planted in him prior to birth. It was a long-form ritual like the film Hereditary where it took years and generations to get a vessel that was perfect for the entity that would take control. And so the death of Wyatt's father, him being removed from traditional education, was all to make his mind and body prepared to become the god he becomes. And Sister Abigail was the character he killed to cultivate her power. If Oh, wait, you're saying he killed Sister Abigail. It was the least part of her death. It might have been a ritualistic suicide, but he, he took power from her. Her death was imperative to his growth as a magical being. And she couldn't see that because she didn't have the entity guiding her. She just knew of it. She was a follower of the god that Bray becomes. So we just don't know the name of that god in reality. It's just called something later. She's the Mary to his pantheon. Okay, right, right, right. How did Vince let him do this? I really don't... Like, seriously, what happened? I swear, it, narratively, Vince McMahon is brainwashed by magic. Honestly, what I think in real life is I think that Vince McMahon did not understand it, but everyone around him was telling him this was awesome. So he's like, all right, just do your thing, and I'll just slot you in where I need you. I don't know, man. That's honestly what I think. Uh, we now follow up this story of Sister Abigail. Bray Wyatt, through the end of 2013 into 2014, feuds with Daniel Bryan. And then heading into WrestleMania, he begins a feud with John Cena. Well, before we get there, real quick, was that the feud where he tried to make Bryan join the Wyatt family? That is, yeah. That's actually, okay. In that time period, and this leads into his feud with John Cena... Um, Bray Wyatt begins to refer to himself as I am. He does not in his entire WWE run refer, use the expression I am until he's really, he starts doing it more frequently after his feud with Kane and into his feud with Brian. And he starts to refer to himself in like all of these more intense ways. Cause I think his power is really starting to grab because he's already taken one person and he's about to absorb another, which is Daniel Bryan. For example, he says, for I am more than just a man. I am a God. Again, alluding to the belief that he has that he is going to be something more. Um, he, he uses expressions like, I'm going to punish you. He says, I'm already dead. You're already dead. And why are you making a foolish attempt to stab me? He's, he's expressing this like deeper character. And I think his work with him uh, with Brian helped push that character forward into what we see his like real intensity with uh, John Cena. I can definitely see that. I think a lot of Bray Wyatt's development when feuding with Daniel Bryan is overshadowed by how awesome Daniel Bryan was. Oh yeah, at the time and how uh, how he was taking over the whole company. Literally, talk about left hand magic or whatever. Well, that's why Bray went after him because he wanted that power. Because because like. 
if you really want to think about it, Bray has unholy power. The paragons of good that he goes after are people who have this like good divine like white magic power, and he wants to take them down. Because there's a the- there's a there's a a saying that used to exist in the Roman Empire, which is I don't need to kill their people, I need to kill their gods. And it's a notion that by destroying those that are worshipped by a faith, you can take those followers because if their gods can be killed, then you must be the real god. That's a really good way of analyzing it. I really like that. That's why he goes after John Cena. And that follows very nicely. And once again, also notice the wrestlers he's feuding with are all thematically appropriate for him. Yep. Like there's a great reason for feuding with them. It's a ritual. This leads into... What a wonderful world. A promo in the lead-up to his signature WrestleMania 30 match against John Cena. This is an in-ring promo now. Everything you think you know about your own lives is all based upon lies. Men, you wake up every morning you go to work, you break your backs just trying, trying to, to convert earn you. A little bit of cash. Break you right. from your religion so of commerce. You the only thing I will say is by this point, so that you he does start repeating more phrases, but he really can't help it. He's yeah, just cutting women. promos constantly. I was going to say, yeah, he had the, it's the volume is the issue. You've got to keep himself. Morning, well, you got to also repeat you yourself, yourself to keep like the tendons of your faith important. Well, no one at this point is being like, oh, he. He's just repeating because the same things over and over. So it's still you are working. just wearing the mask that society demands you to wear. It's a bottomless pit of lies. They plaster your hopes and dreams up on a billboard. And who is the man that is on that billboard? John Cena, Daniel Bryan. Well, he's the man that hides behind the plastic smile. The man smile. who hides behind the plastic smile. He's the smile. man that That's plays amazing. the role of hero better than Basically anyone else. Basically Clark Kent. He's the man that tells you everything you think you need to hear. And I think to myself, oh, what a wonderful world. <laughs> Singing's been a part of his character from the beginning, too, which is an incredible yeah. narrative through line. That's yeah. a nice voice too. Yeah, he's a this great is singer. The same Better than Elias. Intends to vilify a man like me. Why? Because I say everything they're afraid to say. Because I do everything that they're afraid to do. And I promise you today, I promise you tomorrow, I promise you up until my final breath that with the sword of my tongue I will slay this mighty That's dragon. So good. That is fucking epic. And I will stand over his body. And I will whisper eventually into his ear. John Cena. It's time to end this lie. Follow the buzzer. What an amazing promo by Bray Wyatt. It's everything that he has worked on sort of Mm -hmm. culminating in this pre-WrestleMania promo against John Cena. And he's challenging the true paragon of WWE. Yeah, everything about this is perfect, except where he promises 
to slay the beast of John Cena. Yeah, this is... Without taking it from a narrative standpoint, because I know we can work around it, but from a purely storyline perspective, when John Cena beats Bray Wyatt clean at WrestleMania, the air is let out of the bag big it, time. And I and I, I think narratively he does lose. Intent he does it's not intentional. He does get defeated. And he he's narratively sent on a different a cognitive path after failing to defeat him that we see someone try to get back inside of Bray's mind while he's vulnerable after losing to the divine power that is Cena. That's what causes him to fracture and become the multiple personality individual we see more in the future. But we're not there yet. Because John Cena is also an orator. He's also a preacher. They are like two high priests battling out on religious battlefields. And John Cena possesses a magical power just as strong and at this point, substantially stronger than Bray. And Bray's punching up here in the power scale. And like you said, Ben, he fails. Not only does he fail, but I feel like you can tell even a week after he loses to John Cena. This next clip is from the SmackDown after WrestleMania. And it just feels flatter. Wyatt. Tried the best he could to turn a man into a monster, but he found out that he still can't see me. Yeah, that's because that's that's him saying, look, I still have more magical power than Bray Wyatt. He can't see not John Cena. The divine entity that exists inside of Cena. I wish that they spoke like this. You have not beaten the divine entity of John Cena. They can't say it, Ben, because that would be revealing too much. And Bray's trying to break that mold. John Cena must have loved Jim Carrey movies. As there are so many promising yeah. superstars. So let me make a promise. He's literally life. preaching right now. This is a preaching. It's incredible. When you when you frame John Cena as a I'm divine entity as well, which justifies his boss. interactions inside I of the, the Firefly Funhouse later, it makes his character so much better at this time I period as well. Because he is Cena. like a lawful good entity who can't do anything but be the character he is. Because he is a paragon. If he breaks... is an asshole paladin. Yeah, he, and he can't turn evil or he'll lose power. You lose power and become an oathbreaker as a paladin. And Bray Wyatt's like a warlock. But also a paladin. He dual classes. That's why he loses. They say... Unfortunately, listen to the crowd here. I know it's crowd sweetened. But see how quiet they are in comparison to just like a few weeks before. This is really sad. He should have won. From like an. He needed to. Yeah. His character would have been astronomical if he had won. 
And we should all embrace our differences, right, kids? For instance, if I lost to you, John, at WrestleMania, then why can't I stop smiling? And why do I feel so good? First time I realized that you are not hollow in there. No, because his divinity's been right here. been damaged. Right here, it's inside of you, John. And he has to narratively evolve. I know all too well, because when I look inside myself, I see the good, I see the bad, I see everything. I see dreams you haven't dreamed and worlds you haven't discovered. I see miracles. My mind is endless. And I am free. <laughs> it must have been so frightening for you, John. Because you weren't this close. You were right there. All you needed was one last little push. And now I realize that I have to go to new extremes if I want to bring out the monster that I know exists in you. So strap it on, John, because this party is far from over. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. Okay, so I I think what yeah, we get see... get 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 your narrative stuff out of the way here because this is I think one of the biggest most important promos of this whole podcast. Bray's objective was to gain power and destroy the system that existed through the corruption of the paragons of that faith that is the good of WWE. The head paragon, the pinnacle of that is John Cena. He believed, Bray as a character, that John was just a man. He believed that he was just such a good, kind-hearted boy, but he was mortal. That he could be defeated because the power inside of Bray was greater than that of John Cena's. But Bray was wrong. What he found out when he fought Cena at Mania was that John is the same kind of creature he is. A lot of the language he uses there, that self-reflective and accusatory language toward John Cena, the whole time he's talking about both of them. Because Bray now knows what Cena really is. Which is why you see Cena so deadpan when Bray starts to talk about him in that way. Because he knows that Bray's hinting at the truth about Cena's power. And so this forced Bray to start to splinter and break apart, which lets out and the influence of the entity inside of him begins to be able to take control. Because Bray realizes, and the entity realizes, that Ascension is the only way he's ever going to defeat John Cena. Because now he's not just trying to kill a man, he's trying to kill a god. He's trying to kill John Cena. So if he needed to ascend Matt, why did he spend the next three fucking months getting his ass kicked by John Cena? Because he's trying to learn about him. He's trying to learn from John Cena's abilities and garner more information about him. And because he just had to lose. He had to show weakness. You almost make me not hate this promo as much as I do. And I don't hate Bray's performance of it. 
That's not the problem. The problem is that from a booking standpoint, I'm using insider terms, <laughs> but from a wrestling storytelling perspective, you have a guy who says, I am XYZ. I promise you, I'm going to beat John Cena. And then he doesn't fucking do it. And how does he follow up losing to John Cena? He essentially goes for double or nothing. And he's like, okay, well, I actually see what you are now, John. And you're a liar and you're this and you're that. And I was so close to actually beating you. It comes across so much weaker now. Because he didn't back up what he said last time. Why are we going to believe what he said this time? There wasn't even a Pyrrhic victory for this. Because Bray Wyatt tells us in this promo, Oh, I know I was so close, John. So close to getting you to snap. It's like, what is he talking about? He's talking about John Cena hitting him with a chair. How many fucking times has John Cena hit someone with a chair? It's a lot of times. And if it's not a lot of times... Who knows? Who cares? Because people get hit with chairs all the time. So it's just a lame retort. Out of all the grandiose statements Bray Wyatt's made up to this point, it feels like he's punching so low here. And I understand why, because he has nothing to work with. If You could have had John Cena win at WrestleMania. But if you were going to, John Cena needed to snap and hit Wyatt with the chair to win. Because then Bray would have had something to work with. And he could have gone, see John, I made you crack. Even from your narrative perspective, you could be like, wow, you know, he might not have won the final war, but that's not what he was trying to do. He was trying to crack the armor of the paladin and it worked. It didn't. That's the unfortunate thing. Right. And so I, instead... I don't think Bray had enough power yet. He didn't have the influence. But I sure, also agree but... with you that he was fucked. Storyline-wise. Yeah. Storyline-wise, this really fucks Bray Wyatt. Th- this is this is what happens when the author thinks he's going to write a trilogy and then the publishing company orders five books. And then Bray Wyatt, now that he's been exposed to whatever extent, he's still forced to cut the same promos about how, oh, John, I'm going to expose you. But what happens over the next two months? The next month in a cage match... He gets a child wearing a sheet mask and a voice modulator to sing to John Cena, which distracts him enough for Bray Wyatt to eke away with a win. All right. Well, then after another month of Bray Wyatt making the exact same claims, John Cena beats the shit out of him in their final match, which was a really, really good match. But the fact that he loses twice now against John Cena and the only time he does win is because of a supernatural five-year-old it is such magic beating him no but not even the magic stuff just from a wrestling perspective yeah it's shit what the hell are they thinking you remember Matt just 30 minutes ago we're listening to that crowd in that tiny NXT arena who are so fervently in love with Bray Wyatt And maybe he couldn't have done that exact same thing on the main roster, but he was getting there. He needed some sort of victory, because if you take that away from him, what is he? He's a liar wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, he becomes mortal. He 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 just becomes a liar. Yeah, well, I mean, which makes him mortal. It It takes away his divinity. 
it, it proves that he is just a follower. He's just a, a magician, like a, like a real, like he's like Aleister Crowley or any of those guys. He's just a person playing with toys he doesn't understand. Where before he came across as the entity and the human mixed together. The biggest issue is that it makes Bray Wyatt out to be a liar. Yeah, and when that and that is no no no, not even that, just in general. It makes Bray Wyatt's character out to be a liar and it completely deflates him over the course of this feud. But Bray Wyatt knows this and understands this, I think. Because there is one promo, and I think it's the best promo of Bray Wyatt's career, where watching these promos one at a time, you might have not really gotten it. But I think this promo right here is Bray Wyatt trying to pivot on the character and to really restart what winning and losing signifies to him. And it's fascinating to watch. It is the Miss Teacher Lady promo. Every night, we lay our heads down to dream listen to the lack of respect he gets from the crowd by this point but at least he still has followers you can tell with the lights just a few months after mania we start yeah. remembering all these things these horrible things these travesties that have happened to us in our lives but in our dreams yeah, this is self-reflection and in our dreams we can fix everything we dream of revenge we dream of payback but just like that man just like that we wake up and that's when reality starts to set in that's when we go to the mirror and we look in and we remember that we are not superheroes and that we this is the vessel realizing everything. that he isn't the one so with power. We bottle all this rage up inside of us. Not truly. And we go on living our dismal little lives as if nothing is wrong, but everything, everything, everything is wrong. And I plan on fixing that. You see, I used to have this mean old teacher. And this teacher. She used to look down upon me and she went to great measures to make sure that I remembered that I was a piece of trash and that I would never amount to anything in my life. She believed that everything she read in a book was true and that everything that I believed in was a lie. So, so I went up to her and I said, Miss Teacher Lady, what is it about you that makes you think that you're so much better than me? That makes you think you're so much smarter than me. Is it because, is it because your mommy and daddy paid for you to go to some fancy school so that you could wave this diploma around all of us so that you could look down upon children and force feed them propaganda? Well, I say, nah. She looked at me and she said, Bray Wyatt, you are rotten. You stand for nothing she said Bray Wyatt the first time that I ever looked inside of your eyes I knew there was something inside of you I knew that you were evil <laughs> he brings him back yeah, he, he rescued that crowd. That right now, somewhere, that teacher lady is rotting inside of some retirement home filled up with all of her life 
life's regrets. But I, Bray Wyatt, stand here in front of you today as a conqueror, as a revolutionary, as the man of a thousand troops. And I say, Miss Teacher Lady, look, look at that, cr right oh, that crowd. I got the whole damn world in my hands. I don't think that's Bray talking narratively, by the way. Could you imagine how that must have felt and been that back, back in, uh, backstage? Payback. That moment. Ooh. My ends justify my means. Miss Teacher Lady, to me, is such an amazing promo because Bray Wyatt manages to find a way to salvage his character at its most fragile. Leading up to WrestleMania, the big selling point of his character was that his character tells the truth. That's what defines it. Mm -hmm. This promo is him acknowledging, yeah, I wrote a check that my ass couldn't cash, but I told you that I was powerful. I told you that you people should believe in me. And now all you people around the world are singing for me. So yeah, yeah. I'm not perfect, but there's an evil inside of me that I can grow. Yeah, he's like the Greek gods where he, they were imperfect gods. That's why he is representative of a more ancient, powerful entity than the perfect entity that is John Cena. But what's so amazing about this is that he's able to get that across to the crowd. Mm -hmm. And instantly, he's able to shift the focus from his character from everything I say is the truth and follow me. It's not everything I say is the truth, but boy, you want to be along for the ride. And yep. what an amazing promo that he could shift the narrative direction of his character. They don't think a lot of people catch on, but it still makes you be like, okay, yeah, it's, it's not a full fix, but what an amazing way to shift the perception of your character. Outside of the narrative, it, I agree with you, Ben. He does something that is truly, he, he doesn't do a heel turn, but a character turn without changing what his character was doing. Where like people like Chris Jericho, people like um, even Undertaker have had to drastically change the structure of their character. Bray just did it on a fucking dime because he's that good. And I believe in the narrative, in that instance, in that promo, that's not Bray talking. That's the entity inside of him that's been seeing the actual truth of things the whole time. Bray, the mortal, is delusional. And that mortal was proven to be not with true power. So we need to see the demon start to push through. Which is why he eventually goes back to a mental institution. See, I don't see that as much. To me, when I listen to his promos... I feel like the evil is more of an energy. I don't think the evil directly acknowledges people. I think it's up to him to unlock that power, but I don't see it as... And that's sort of what I was asking you about earlier. I don't think it's a completely separate thing where it's like, hey, this is Bray. Hey, this is the demon. I think it becomes that in a way, but I think that it gets separated. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ben, that it's, it's not that it's a separate cog like true entity it doesn't have like a personality that is that exists beyond bray but it's like it's like the hulk and bruce banner where the entity inside of him yes is him 
from a from where it's cultivated but it is a separate it has different power it has true power which the mortal normal version of bray wyatt doesn't what he was cultivating was enough to basically birth that entity inside of him and it was supposed to melt with him and then we see later on when we see the fractured version of bray that's when it was trying to forcefully be separated like what happened with the hulk and the gray hulk you just threw in some Avengers in there, didn't you? That didn't happen with the Avengers. Greyhawk happened when, um, I believe, Reed Richards tried to separate the Hulk and Bruce Banner from each other. And we are left with a personality-less Greyhawk that went on like a murder spree and became a bad guy. And it's similar to Bray Wyatt and The Fiend and the characters that come in the future. But yeah, I do appreciate the fact that, I guess in a way, this evil is coming out to be like, No guys, I'm here. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> and that's... then he slinks back into Bray Wyatt. Well, that's it, it, yeah. it all works. It show it. Sh- he that's why the cr- and from a magical standpoint, the reason the crowd in that moment catches is because midway through the promo, Bray the mortal slips back, and we see his true power when he looks into the right. camera, when he looks at the TV camera. That isn't necessarily the same Bray who gave the promo in NXT and FXW. That is true the true entity inside of bray that's been giving him power this whole time showing itself i think it's that you can see that bray believes again here yeah oh yeah his faith i really think that he knocked out of the park with this and i think this is really his best promo he ever did yeah I, i i could agree with that especially with the way he captures the crowd he's forced to do it yeah exactly i mean i mean the way the crowd goes matches this narrative structure exactly yeah it it he got the perfect reaction which is so hard to do i think we're running a bit long so we are going to put a bookmark here for now into bray wyatt's story and we will finish this next week i'm gonna warn you guys before we get to the end which is good if you're a Bray Wyatt fan, a lot and a lot, a lot of suffering is to follow. Suffering is required to achieve power. Bray had to suffer to transcend to the god he's going to become. Maybe from a storytelling perspective and from a wrestling perspective, he got pooped on for a while. But from a narrative, literalist perspective, this is Bray Wyatt about to become an actual divine entity that abandons this reality to move on and ascend i'm excited matt are you ready for him to ascend into psycho clown form you know i am because the first time he tried it didn't work he tried again and it failed again and he failed but in bray wyatt's case the fourth time was the charm good night everybody follow us like us comment on our instagram engage win a book and a vinyl Good afternoon, everybody, and good evening.